Welcome to the Meaningful Marketplace. I'm Sarah Massoni from Oregon State University's Food Innovation Center, where I've helped countless dreamers launch their new food products. It's the science of taking a food delight from the kitchen to mass manufacturing and still keeping its great taste. That's what I do. I've been called the woman with the million dollar palate, although I haven't tried to cash that check yet. Listen in weekly for real life stories. Sarah Marshall, owner of Marshall's Hot Sauce and author of Preservation Pantry, modern canning from root to top and stem to core. I love inspiring business owners to get started on their journeys, encouraging folks to be part of their local community, and I'm excited to help business owners tell their stories. Join us as we explore the journeys of women entrepreneurs in the food and beverage industry. Marketed Choice is a proud sponsor of the Meaningful Marketplace because we believe in the power of local craft makers to reinvent the way food and beverage products get to market in Oregon. Our vision is to inspire, mentor, support, and assist local producers to reach their fullest potential. For over 40 years, Marketed Choice has been supporting our local farmers, ranchers, fisher folk, and entrepreneurs. We believe the way we source products has a positive ripple effect across our great state. That's why we're proud to offer over 7,000 local products to our stores and that the majority of our purchases support our local, robust regional food system. Thank you, Market of Choice. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Masonia Marshall, a meaningful marketplace. We're glad that everyone has joined us live today and we're honoring our social distancing and calling in for the show. As we are a live radio show, we think it's important for us to be here with stories of hope for our listeners. And thanks for joining us as we hear stories of female food entrepreneurs. I have some food news today. Um, we have a bunch of folks here in the uh, Oregon community that are doing some great things to help out people who may have suffered some uh, trauma or problems during this wildfire that we had last week. I must say it was really, really a tough thing to go through. If you're a food or beverage owner, maker or supplier, and you've been adversely affected by the Oregon wildfires, please connect with us to find out and find out what's available and to receive assistance from the Oregon Food and Beverage Wildlife Recovery Group. We have quite a few businesses and uh, folks around the area all working together to help solve any problems you might be experiencing. I also wanted to bring up that the pumpkin spice season is upon us. So if you haven't gone to Trader Joe's or any of the local grocery stores to find your favorite pumpkin spice item, now's the time to go. I also want to remind you that the Portland farmers markets are still going with over 50 markets around the Portland area. You can support your local farmers by going and buying produce and products to stock up for the fall. Also keep in mind that we have lots of food cart pods in the Portland area with more than 500 carts operating in the region. And you can practice your social distancing and still get out for some fun and get some takeout. This last week, we had the Oregon Angel Fund competition and one of our uh, local businesses called Take Two won the $230,000 prize. I'm not here alone today. I actually have a guest with me in the studio. I have Afway Price. 
from Hibis Bloom. And we're going to talk about her products and what she's been doing to promote and grow her female-owned business here in the Portland area. Good morning, Affaway. Hi, Sarah. Thank you for having me today. <laughs> Thank you for joining me. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Sarah Marshall's not here. She had an eye appointment, so we're giving her a pass today, but she sends her regards. Oh, okay. Next time, I hope she's doing well. Yes. So, Afway, can you tell us um, your social media links? We want to help connect our listeners to your company via social medias and your website. Can you tell us what those links are? Yes. Um, if you are on Instagram, it's Hibis Bloom. And it's spelled by H-I-B-I-S-B-L-O-O-M. Hibis Bloom. And on Facebook, it's the same. Hibis Bloom slash brew. What about on the internet? Can you give your website? Oh, yes. My website is uh, hibisbloom.com. Okay. Yeah. And I have a Twitter account. It's also Hibis Bloom. <laughs> it's a really beautiful name for your company. Can you tell us a little bit about how you... D- how you decided on the name for your company? Yes, I think I wanted a name that connected with the base of the products and something that also screams a little exotic, a little joy, a little delicious. So I just went through a bunch of combination and I came up with Hibis Bloom. Very (laughs) beautiful. Yeah, thank you. Now, when I went on your website, I saw this beautiful piece of artwork, a Mm -hmm. woman with hibis blooms in her hair. Can you tell us about that design? It's so beautiful. Yes, that design was completely unexpected. Um, I just told my story to my graphic designer. Uh, She's a very young artist. And um, she's like, just tell me your story and what are your aspirations? And I will come up with something. I was like, okay. So we had a long chat and she, I guess she took very great notes and she came up with this beautiful uh, headshot of the drawing that portrays who I am. At first, I wasn't sure what the meaning was behind. I was like, oh, this looks like some shampoo ad or something. She's like, no, (laughs) it's just you uh, closing your eyes and thinking about your aspiration about hibiscus. I was like, wow, okay, okay. I think I get that. And uh, she did add some very nice details, like some braids that are very connected with um, women of color, uh, being a black woman coming from Africa. She's like, I added some braids and also the skin tone um, matches, you know, your beautiful skin and it just represent you and with the freckles blowing through your face uh, that just represent you enjoying uh, your passion and drinking some hibiscus and I was like wow you really really did listen to everything I was saying and looking at this drawing it does 
really represents, I guess, when someone sees it, I think they can connect with it. And ever since we brought it out, people have been just wowed about it. And uh, I just let people enjoy it and appreciate the arts. Yes, it's very beautiful. And if you uh, are able to see one of her bottles, you'll see that each bottle is very beautiful with colors that really represent the flavors that are inside them. Can you tell us what are the flavors of your um, cocktail and soda mixer? Yeah, so we have three different flavors. Uh, when I created the flavors, I wanted it to connect with a lot of different people with a lot of different palettes. So my first recipe was with a mint infused. It has uh, an infusion of mint, spearmint, with some orange blossom and some pressed orange, I mean, uh, lemon juice. So that flavor just is more inspired by original flavor from Ivory Coast. Usually we drink it over fresh mints and just very refreshing. And I wanted to add something that connects more with, you know, a more international or more American palette. So I came up with the uh, Savannah Cinnamon, which is one of the most loved flavor in the U.S., anything cinnamon. Um, people feel connected to it somehow. So I did infuse with more spice like ginger and clove. So it just brings a nice palette of spice and it's, it's just really nice uh, blend. And the third one is a classic vanilla. And I thought the vanilla would scream to a lot of people, especially the younger crowds, because I want my drink to be accessible to any, everyone. So the vanilla, uh, we call it cascade vanilla. It's infused with um, vanilla, rose water, and orange blossom. And it has been one of the most favorites, uh, all age combined. Those are beautiful descriptions of different flavor profiles that you've come up with. I really like that you have the name Cavalli Mint. Can you tell us how you came up with that name? Yes. Uh, you know, it's kind of funny because a lot of customers think it's a variety of mints <laughs> and some are curious and they're like what is is that what kind of mint is it cavalli mint and then i'm like no no i'm sorry so each one of the flavored i did name them after something that reminded me of home so cavalli is basically um a big river that crosses three different countries from uh the the west of Ivory Coast, from northwest of Ivory Coast, but across three different countries, uh, Liberia, um, Guinea, and then Ivory Coast, and all the way down to the Atlantic Ocean. So through its way, it's just a bridge between a lot of tribals, a lot of bridges, I mean, uh, culture. So it's a connection with a lot of different type of people from three different countries. So when I named it after the, uh, the mint, I thought, wow, I think this is going to connect people along. So I'm going to name it after this big river that is pretty much our Willamette River. 
very long and you know goes through cities and town and bridges and all of that so we were very very um i was very inspired by that name and then the second one with the vanilla so cascade a lot of people think i named it after the cascade of oregon which is fun because i'm like oh you know what cascade vanilla it, it does scream fresh and you know just a cascade of flavor and actually cascade is the name of the of a waterfall in the mountainside of ivory coast oh. and yeah yeah it's called Cas- uh, the cascade fall if you want to translate from french to english it's cascade fall but it they call it la cascade in french nice so I named the vanilla after that because it's fresh, it's it's exotic, it's it's just nice. And then the savanna, it's just the savanna of Africa. You go into a safari, it's dry and kind of emptiness, and you can see one house from another from far away and. I just thought it was just a really nice way to name the cinnamon because it's kind of earthy at the same time. Yeah. I love those descriptions. And hey, wouldn't it be cool (laughs) if you had QR tags on each bottle that took somebody to a video to show them a visual tour? Yeah, you're right. I tried to do that by writing on a label. Yeah. Like, you want to learn more? Come to the website and there is a yeah. story. You can but just put a little QR tag, people scan it with their uh-huh. phone, and then it takes them to the video or your yeah. website. Yes, I will write that down. I, I love that. I think it will be really fast and connect to all the digital age people. So, Well, the thing that's really interesting is places in the United States, which is a pretty young place, at least for mm-hmm many people mm-hmm. were named after places that have been there for centuries. Right. So yeah. I think we just don't know a lot about other places. So it's really lovely that you're learning. People are learning from taking your bottle and experiencing these lovely drinks. Yeah. And that falls into one of my mission to educate people more about you know, the West African culture and places. So through curiosity, learning what is the story behind the name, they learn something new about Ivory Coast in West Africa at the same time. Yeah, in fact, I have never actually asked you that. So I'm glad I did today because I was thinking, wait a second, these sound familiar, but I bet there's another meaning behind them. So thank you for (laughs) explaining that to us. Yeah. Now, I'm a little bit curious. You're, uh, you're a relatively new mom. We have a lot of young yes. women that want to start food companies. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey as being a new mom and having a food business? Yes, it has been quite interesting because everything started by me 
having a desire to become a mom because I used to work and I decided to, well, I didn't decide by myself, but yeah. with my husband to have a family yes. and that desire, not knowing what was, you know, awaiting for us with me having some complications to have kids mm -hmm. and I have to go through a more unconventional way to become a mom. Yeah. And at the end of that, I ended up choosing motherhood through over my career. Yes. <laughs> so um, it was, I guess it's one of the best decision I ever made because now I'm doing something I'm passionate about that makes me happy. And at the same time, um, allows me to spend time with that child that I desired so much. So it's kind of hard to juggle sometimes yeah. because uh, I have to uh, make time to spend with my son and, yeah. you know, raise him and bonds and make sure that I'm a good mom after all, because the company running the company does take a lot of my time and emotion and yeah. sometimes I'm like oh my god I'm so tired boy mama is in a meeting can I wait can you wait <laughs> you know yeah, yeah I mean a lot of people are having their children right in the zoom call with them yes so yes today was the same normal. thing yeah huh. so um it's not easy um uh, for sure but it's it's um you have to do it you have yeah. to find a way to juggle around it yeah yes so speaking of moms i've mm -hmm. seen your pictures of your mom and i've met your mom can you tell <laughs> us how your is your mom um helping you with your business how do you gals work together to make your successful business my mom and i are the best team <laughs> She's my second eye to everything, my second mouth or tongue. I know sometimes we have to taste things and, yeah. you know, have a visual of what we're doing. And it's it's just amazing because, like I said, it just brings back the time I was growing up with my mom. And um, she used to work as a um, fashion designer, so she has her own uh, tailoring store and shop where she will make her clothes and sell. And sometimes I did work on with her, um, come and help her and sales or make, appointment and stuff and now it's the other way around she's, oh, she's helping you <laughs> yes she's helping me uh so it's 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 kind of weird because um it was never meant to be this way yeah but when I decided to start this business she's like I'm not gonna go back to Ivory Coast and sit there knowing that you need so much help here. Yeah. One with a baby and one with a business. I mean, second with a business because yeah. she wanted to see me being successful in my new journey. So she pretty nice. much gave up her own life and career to uh, help me succeed uh, to be a good mom. She's such a great uh, grandmother. That's to wonderful. 
to my son and in the kitchen we do everything together we we brew it we carry it back to the car and you know take it to our workshop and label it together and do the farmers market together all the events um i mean we do all together and I don't know if it, it would have been possible without my mom being here to help me. I think uh, it's generous of your mom to help you. And it's really a really lovely story. Yes. One more time she's sacrificing and I yeah. don't like that very much. It kind of oh. makes me feel sad sometimes. Well, I but. have another question for you. So before <laughs> you decided to do this, you were obviously a professional woman doing mm-hmm. some kind of dream job. Can you just tell us a little bit about that going back in time? Because we have a lot of people who are thinking, hey, I want to start a food business, but how mm-hmm. can I transition from this corporate job mm-hmm. and start making my own product? Yeah, so my professional career was not very long because, um, so I did, Ever since I moved to the U.S., I always worked since 2009. um, I had a campus job while, you know, taking 18, 16 credits just to have some pocket money to spend and take care of myself. So I always worked and all of those work experiences helped me kind of shape Uh, my professional career. So when I was, by the time I was done with my undergrad degree, I had so much work experience that it was kind of easy for me to land a job because wherever I go, I was like, oh, I did this, I did that. And I know about this and this. So I always had like a nice skill set that was kind of tailored for me to land a job. So when I land my first job in 2017, because I graduated from school in 16, and my first professional job was at a high-tech company in Hillsborough. And there I was a uh, NPR <clears throat> sourcing buyer. It was a very high-end position to have. I think and you told me it was stressful. Yeah, it was stressful. <laughs> yeah, the first one was very fun. It wasn't yeah. as stressful because my manager was very nice mm. and it was well-organized. It wasn't overstaffed. So you come, you do what you need to do and you finish your eight hours and you go home. And I had a little bit of unfortunate situation. Um, By the time I was there ready to get hired because I started as an intern and then a contractor, the company got acquired. (laughs) So there were some changes and new venues, like new people were laid off basically. And then I was actually given a position at the call center of a company. Yeah. And I didn't take that position because I'm like, I don't know how long I'm going to be there. And this time I want to focus on one job. So I'm going to keep on looking for what mm. where I want to focus. So that's how I got my second job as a uh, supply chain buyer. It was another high-tech company as well. And everything went south there. 
and I have to make choices. Um, do I keep working overtime and lose my several thousand dollars in vitro baby? <laughs> or do I, you know, so I had to make a, a decision because I was not getting any support. So I made the ultimate decision and then I went through a depression because oh, yeah it was it the happens. first time yeah it was the first time of my life that yeah. someone else had to take care of me that's hard so i was sad and my baby was just a few weeks old and i i couldn't land a job every time i go to an employer there was always something in the back of the mind like oh she quit a job she might quit again. That's what I was hearing every time they said no to me. I was yeah. hearing that I was being judged for making a decision that is, I mean, my right to want to be a mom, but yeah. I didn't get the support to want it to be a mom while being in a job. Yeah. And I gave up going through job interviews and I was questioning my life and my competence, if I was good enough, you know, those kind of thoughts were overbearing my my mind. And I yeah. couldn't even enjoy my first months of being a mom. Yeah. And then my husband was like, babe, you need to, how about, how about you do this? Maybe do your passion. You're always passionate about cooking and talking about, you know, creating something. Maybe you should try and talk about West African food. I'm sure there are people out there that would love to hear about this. Because the reason why I said that is that at the time, I was doing some inst Instagram uh, posts about West African food and Ooh. everything I cook, I will share with people and talk about those things. So then, let's take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about West, West African foods. Yes. <laughs> Oregon State University's College of Agricultural Sciences and the Food Innovation Center are proud sponsors of the Meaningful Marketplace. Committed to serving all Oregonians with the mission to advance the science that lives at the crossroads of conservation and production. We are inspired by the creativity of food innovation new economic opportunities, and new experiences, because food brings people together. Okay, halfway, let's hear more about the Ivory Coast and your passion about food. Yes, yeah, so I decided to basically take a leap of faith and, you know, jump into this passion that I have been putting in a drawer and softly working on it. You know, it was more of a hobby for me, but nothing serious. I just enjoyed, you know, the secure paycheck coming and I was scared to take on this venture of being an entrepreneur. And that's how I started to go to um, um, food, uh, what is it, business boot camp. Oh, good. Yes. My yeah. first boot camp was with um, Thai Oregon. And it's, it's kind of funny because when I did apply for the boot camp, 
I was still pregnant. During my pregnancy, I was still applying for job. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if anyone is going to hire me pregnant like that, but I'm going to keep applying until someone says yes. But at the same time, I would also look for a plan B. Yeah. Maybe I will have to do some, you know, job on the side. And when uh, Ty Oregon got back to me was exactly, I think, October 5th, I was at the hospital. Oh. I was going to the hospital that day to give birth to my son. And they're like, oh, we're ready. Uh, we wanted to reach out <laughs> if you want to join the boot camp. And I'm like, oh, no, I can't do this right now. Um, yeah, I'm at the hospital. So when my son was three weeks old, um, I started the boot camp. Nice. Because they, they were not going to wait for me. It was, a, you know, all planned and all of that. And yeah. I'm like, I'm not going to miss this because I got a scholarship to do it. Nice. Um, and I went there, did the whole thing, had a presentation. People were interested and I built some relationships there. And after that, I was like, I can't do this. I need to go back to work. And that was in November, from November to December, nothing happened. And then sometimes in February, I believe, one of my friends reached out to me from uh, when, during the boot camp. And he's like, hey, have you heard of uh, OEN? I'm like, no. He's like, well, I don't know what you're up to, but <laughs> I think uh, you, they have this thing called Angel Food yeah. that you should probably take a look because it's just perfect for you. It's for food and beverage. And that's how I got hooked with OEN. Yeah, I saw you on the stage actually giving your presentation. That yes. was very exciting. It was it was stressful. <laughs> yeah, but you did a great job. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so we went to the OEN boot camp, um, did all the classes and the presentations of concept stage. And next thing we knew, we were among like the six best, best concept yeah, stage. Yeah, you were and the top six. That's awesome. Yeah, it was, uh, it was unbelievable, to be honest. I was like, okay, it's getting serious. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, that's how we met John. And he, he fell in love with the products. And he's like, this is something that our customer base and community will love. So let John me know. Boyle at yeah. Market of Choice, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. He was the first person to... Uh, take uh, a leap of faith on us because we didn't have packaging ready label. We were still figuring out what we're doing. He's yeah. like, you know, don't worry if you have any question, you need anything, just let me know. We can guide you through the process yes. and keep on doing what you're doing. He, so he just encouraged me and I was like, okay, I'm, I still need some things to do. I need to go back to food innovation, do some yeah. testing. So we went through all the process and trying to tailor down our formulas because um, I really liked it. I liked uh, those three flavors some people were like just do one I'm like I don't know 
I want a lot of people to like it. So I'm going to do three. <laughs> yeah, you need to have at least three to five, I think, to get some space on the shelf. Yeah. Otherwise, if you just have one, it can get lost. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, uh, from uh, all the tasting I have done, there is a crowd for each one. So yeah. we should try it and see how it goes. And maybe people will think the cinnamon is terrible and we will let it go. But for now, we're going to continue with it. So you were developing your flavors and giving out samples around Portland at farmers markets or craft mm -hmm. fairs or mm -hmm. anywhere that you could set up your booth and give samples. Is that correct? Yes. yes. That's exactly what we did after the presentation. We started doing our first farmers market. I did apply very late. So only one market was able to get me in. Yeah. Um, Which market was that? Hillsborough? Hillsborough, yes. So... And yeah, so we went there and all I wanted, I didn't even want people to buy it because I'm like, I don't know if I should sell this. I was still very insecure about it, but people came and they were like, wow, I didn't know you could drink hibiscus as a beverage. Yeah. And I started to talk about the story behind it and um you know and they wanted to know more about so what is the story that you tell people at the farmer's market i tell them um this is a drink that we drink a lot in west africa it's a refreshment beverage um, that every family has their own recipe um it's like your grandmother's lemonade recipe that you transfer and there's hibiscus bushes or trees everywhere? Yes, ah. yes. There is hibiscus farms and yeah, so you can make your own hibiscus juice whenever you want. And it's, it's a must-have drink also. That's one thing. <laughs> it's a must-have drink. Um, whenever we have a party, anything special, birthdays, even funeral. If you don't have hibiscus juice, we call it bisap. Yeah. Um, it's pretty much a fail. Like, uh, oh. where is the bisap? <laughs> you don't have bisap, you have champagne and all of that. Where is the bisap? <laughs> oh, that's yeah. very traditional. It's very traditional. So I guess people like that um, authentic story and... Uh, you know, and they want to to try something new also. Um, I have to say it's an acquired taste for people who never had hibiscus before. Can you explain what it tastes like? It tastes like cranberry-like. So it's a little tart. It's a little tart. It has a lot sour. of color. So don't yes. wear a white shirt when you're drinking it. No. <laughs> no. It's very red. It's a red burgundy. Um, and it's, it's tart and sour. So if you... You don't like sour things. Maybe it's not your choice. Which well, that's we do. Right. I mean, which, that's why you sweeten it, right? Yes, which is a big no-no in West Africa. <laughs> oh, it is? Yes. If you're making hibiscus, it has to be sweet. No one will drink it if it's not sweetened. <laughs> so, but you're not using sugar, are you? 
No. So what are you using? We use monk fruit sweetener. Oh, so, so it's healthy. Yes, yes, it's healthy. It's a ninety-five percent monk fruit sweetener. Okay. But I still like that sweet taste of sugar. So oh. we add a little bit of raw sugar. Okay. It's, yeah, it's unprocessed. It's gluten-free and certified vegan and all of that. So it's just the highest quality sweetener that we use in our product because I wanted to make people feel comfortable drinking something that is sweetened and smooth. Um, and that was one of the difficulty when we introduced the product at first. Well, because I think when you and I were working on it, you were we were using sugar. Right? Yeah. It was purely cane sugar. And <laughs> and what did, did I tell you to use monk fruit or did you figure that out or how did you find out about monk fruit? Uh, honestly, I have no idea about monk fruits. Um, my advisor, uh, whom I work with to help me through all the processes. So we were thinking about an alternative for a sweetener. Oh, good. Yeah. So he's like, you could use uh, stevia. Try stevia. So I tried stevia. No one liked it. It's too bitter. Yeah. Whenever I said it has stevia, they're like, oh, okay, no, thank you. But then I was like, okay, how about coconut uh, sweetener? And I didn't like coconut because it's already brown and it kind of darkened the beautiful yeah, made it too color. dark. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, okay, you can use monk fruits. It's very expensive, but I think a lot of people will like it. And you don't need very much. Yeah, exactly. So, also, I think because it's tropical, it really goes with the hibiscus flavor. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we try and match up, you know, flavors from two different places in the world and it just doesn't work <laughs> together. Yes. Oh. Yes, yes. Honestly, um, the monk fruit and the raw sugar together, they made it like perfect. So when I try that, I'm like, okay, it's expensive. But I think uh, for something that is so good for you, because monk fruit alone is good for um, if you have uh, diabetes, it's the best sweetener for you, better than stevia. Yeah. And it has zero calories and uh, zero glycemic index. So it makes our product very low calorie and low on glycemic index. That's great. So do yeah. you bring your hibiscus flowers over from the Ivory Coast? We do. We have a supplier that supplies from West Africa. Nice. Yeah, our supplier gets, um, I mean, our hibiscus is grown in part of West Africa, like Nigeria, Mali, Guinea, and Togo. And for some reason, they don't have it coming from Ivory Coast. Oh. Um, Ivory Coast is a little wet, so it's not, I don't think it's a large. Not easy to dry it. Yeah. Does it come dry? It comes dry. Mm -hmm. So it's more in the north of Ivory Coast and more north. I like see. countries like Mali, Burkina Faso, they're more drier. So they are the largest um, uh, growers of hibiscus and then they supply to all the region. So how many stores are you currently in, Afwe? Hmm. Okay. We are in about, well, market 
or Joyce is 10 stores. We're on all 10. Um, new season, all 18. So that's 38. Or, I mean, 28 already. Yeah, 28. And then we have uh, Elvisha, um, Providor. They have one location each. So that's 30. And then we just added another account from Salem with Life Source. Nice. Yes. So that brings you to 30. And then, and then we're talking to over smaller markets places natural grocers and we oh, have like an it. online gift shop that also carries regularly that's nice and you said that you're making it in a shared use kitchen or are you having it co-manufactured we are looking for a, a co-packer right now but um for the moment we are still making it ourselves that's around okay. the clock every week every, every week. week yeah every week at least three to four times a week we're in the kitchen my mom and I and then you have your own office where you you do all of your administrative work and you said that you bring your bottles there and you put your labels on mm-hmm. yeah we transformed our garage into a workshop ah very good and then I have a warehouse at a family member that owns a business and they have a huge warehouse where I store. But um, yeah, so it's from the commercial kitchen, garage workshop <laughs> and to the store. Maybe you need a small delivery van. Yes, we're looking into that. <laughs> I never wanted to have a minivan, but <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you have to get a cool one. It definitely has to be a cool one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've seen some that are pretty cool. Yes, I have to. Yeah, it will have to be a cool, nice, cute one. So I was wondering mm -hmm. if you could tell us a little bit more about um, your and your on your um, website, it talks about imagining the tropical breeze. <laughs> yes. Can you describe that to us? Yes, because I always want to take people back to the nice tropical breeze. I kind of miss it sometimes. Yeah. And uh, when you talk about hibiscus, you automatically see something tropical, colorful, fresh, with fine sands, you know, at the beach with some coral. So when I say that, I just want you to take that trip when you take a sip of hibiscus bloom. That's nice. I'm wondering when you talk about that, if you have your next product line in in mind. Have you yes, about you do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> do you want to tell us anything about it? Well, I don't want to blow the whistle, but okay. it would be something fine, refreshing, that always hibiscus, but um, it's going to just blow your mind. So just stay tuned. And that will launch next year. Um, we have our fall and winter limited edition uh, flavor coming up. Oh, what October. is it? October? 
yeah, October. It's a double mixed berries. So it has, uh, it's more potent and it's like an elixir. Ooh. Yeah. So it will have mulberry and aronia berry. Oh. Yeah. They are both very, very, um, they kind of healing berries, especially the, the aronia. It's a little rare. I managed to have a handful stuck up <laughs> during the winter, uh, the summer, so we can make that for this winter. So you can just keep up um, with the blues of the winter, because that during the winter good. you feel a little like, oh, I just want to sleep and you know need the tropical breeze. Yeah, you, yeah, you need the tropical and a little bit of human system boost. So that's what we're going to do for the winter. That sounds great. Yeah. So just to remind people, if they want to um, buy your three different cocktail and soda mixers using hibiscus right now, Mm -hmm. what's the best way for them to buy it? Well, they can go on, they can always order through our website. Okay. If there is no um, nearest location of um, all the stores where we are available, they can um, always order directly through our website on hibisplume.com slash shop. Um, and we will be also available at some online marketplace through the holidays. And okay. we will be announcing those websites very soon and they can order there. Oh, but that's great. Yeah. So are there any last words of wisdom that you'd like to share with our listeners? Yes. I just want to say always, always believe in yourself and uh, don't let anything um, break you and bring you down. Because there was a time I was almost broken because of life change and events. But um, luckily, I was able to get back on my feet and believing that, okay, I'm going to do me, do something I love, and I'm going to keep on pushing until I get there. (laughs) That's very nice advice. Yeah. Guess what? We're almost out of time. I want to thank you for joining me today on the Meaningful Marketplace. It's been very nice to talk with you today, Afwe. Yeah, thank you, Sarah. It was very nice. (laughs) We'll see you soon. Okay. Thank you, guys. Market of Choice is Oregon's largest independent family-owned grocery store. With 10 stores in Oregon, it's all about choice. We focus on having a wide selection of the finest and freshest conventional, natural, organic, local, and health-conscious products. We have more than 1,300 teammates, including real, authentic chefs, bakers, butchers, cheesemongers, florists, and more. We all strive to create an authentic, relaxing, and enjoyable shopping experience with our customers and truly care about the communities where our teammates and customers live and work. To find the Market of Choice nearest you, visit our website at www.marketofchoice.com. At Market of Choice, we buy local, so you can too. 
Thanks for listening this morning. We all we record Most Sunny and Marshall live every week, so you can tune in on Fridays at 9 a.m., or you can find us on your favorite podcast platform. Thank you to our audio engineer, Alon, and our production assistant, Chelsea. And if you want to be a guest on our show, you can submit that idea to startupradionetwork.com or contest, contact us through Instagram. And until next time, bye for now. Bye-bye. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on. Committed to serving Oregonians with the mission of advancing science that lives at the crossroads of conservation and production, Oregon State University's College of Agricultural Sciences and the Food Innovation Center are inspired by the creativity of new food development. We strive to find new flavors, new economic opportunities, new experiences, and honor diversity. We are proud sponsors of the Meaningful Marketplace because good food brings people together. You're listening to the Startup Radio Network. Listen, learn, launch. 10% of our gross revenue goes directly to women entrepreneurs in developing countries around the world through Kiva's microfinance program.